Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This episode is powered by DEN certifications. You want to deepen your practice or supplement your knowledge for your day-to-day job? You'd be surprised to know how many certifications we do offer. All levels of Reiki, intuitive healing, compassion, animal communications, and of course, our deep 400-hour meditation teacher training program. Go to denmeditation.com and look under certifications for more information. We have one of my favorite guests here today. This is Tal, host of Zen Talks Podcast. We have Gal Sasan. His last episode was one of our most listened to, and people like just raved about it because he's so fascinating the way he talks. He's an astrologer. He's also doing a workshop here September 21st on the power of your name. And that's pretty much what this episode is. We dive really deep on how you are the one who actually chose your name and what it means. And we're not going as simple. It's not black and white. This goes into details. Your mind is going to be blown on what your name means and the purpose and what you need to step into to live up to your name. So it's a lot about like, don't reject your name before you really understand how to step into it and understand how to step into it because it gives you direction on what you're supposed to be doing with your life. You know, we keep talking about how to meditate, how to do this. Your name has so much information that you don't even realize is there. We also talk about the fall equinox and information about that. And we just get into really fun stuff about him. He is fascinating. As I just told him before he left, like his conversations massage my brain because they're so brilliant and interesting. Can't wait to see you at the workshop on the 21st, and I hope you like this episode. So I'm here sitting with my friend Gal again, which I love. Your episode, by the way, was one of the most like revered episodes. We got so <laughs> many you. comments. People were obsessed. People love you. Understandably, I love you. Um, Gal's been coming here and doing these really creative and interesting workshops since we opened, and it's we always just feel so honored whenever you come in, and we love you. And he's coming in, so you've got to make sure you do it September 21st from 6 to 7.30 p.m. And you're doing a whole workshop on the power of the name. Yeah, because I believe the name, you know, your, your, your name is this one word that encompasses everything that you are emotionally, spiritually, intellectually. I mean, think about it. When people, when you hear your name, doesn't matter where you are, you're going to turn your head, you're going to turn your body, your heartbeat is going to change. It really affects you chemically, emotionally. And people think, well, it was my given name. It is given by somebody else. What they forget is that we are, if you believe in reincarnation, which is something that I think anybody who works in spirituality and studied a little bit knows that most tradition, I would say, I can't really talk about statistics, but I would say over 90% of the traditions that I encountered believe in reincarnation. Therefore, the transmigration of the soul. So when we die, our soul basically makes this journey to understand everything or accept or deal with everything that it experienced. It's almost as if you spend the whole day uh, writing in your journal, recording your feelings, and then at night before you go to sleep, you read everything. So that's happening in between lives. We read everything that happened to us. And then we come up with the conclusion, okay, I was too brute. Maybe I should be born uh, something a little bit softer. Maybe I should be born a Pisces with Pisces rising, whatever. And then you also decide the name. 
that will help you remember what you have promised to your soul to work on in this life. Huh. So I think that from all the, you know, if, imagine you have to write your diary from the moment your conception to the moment of your death, and then you need to give a title to that masterpiece, it will be your name. And what people forget a lot of time, people get really obsessed about the numerology of their name. And what I've noticed when I travel so much, and, and I'm interested in names, I was always interested in, instinctively with names. I never learned it because there's no like a place you can go study about names. You know, right, it right. to come from inside of you. And it's interesting because I am an Aries, and the key word for Aries is I am. The same way that I ask you, uh, what's your name? You're going to say, I am so Tal. So, yep. so the same thing with Aries. Aries' keyword is I am. They're always in search of identity. So every Aries does it his own or her own way. And I felt from an early age that my way is discovering what is it about names and starting with my own name. So Gal is a very short name. And in Hebrew, it's, it's actually a very beautiful name. Now everybody knows Gal Gadot. It's kind mm -hmm. of a famous name. And it means a wave. But when I moved to um, Canada with my parents, I was like 13, 14, puberty period. And <laughs> everybody started <laughs> asking me, you know, are you a gal? Are you a gal? And I said, yes, because I thought they mean if my name is Gal, right? But I didn't know that Gal in English means a girl. Right. So right. for them, it was a big joke. Really. For me, it was like, why are they laughing at my name? My name is actually very beautiful. <laughs> So <laughs> I love the sincerity. So then I, I started looking deep into, you know, the names. And I've realized that the given I aspect of our given name is that we give it to ourselves. But we have forgotten. The same way that it's not your mother that decided to push right on the 21st of September and therefore you're born on the equinox. No, you decided that you want to be born on the equinox. That's why you tickled your mother from inside and told her, now it's the time, push. So we are giving ourselves our own chart. You know, and it's not even if it's Caesarian and your mother consulted an astrologer. You, you have whispered into the astrologer ear as a soul. You're not bound by space and time. Make him tell there to get, you know, to be born at this and that date and this and that place. So I think that we give ourselves our chart, and our, we give ourselves our name. Even if your mother says, "No, no, no, no," I was looking at the, the TV and there was Humphrey Bogart like movie, and I All really right. loved him, and I decided to call you Humphrey. You know, it's you reminded your mother that that's the name I need. Watch that movie. No, so it's on it, Channel it's, 7. So it's now. not even like the soul is saying, I need a name that conveys X and it will happen. It's literally like, I need this exact name. Yeah. I think so that it's like the We name. were talking earlier, like, like now you have some stranger names. So like Apple or, you know, some names like that. Do you feel like that is... Go ahead. You were about... You know, you, you can look online because I really believe that... Um, you know, like I started saying, people get obsessed about numerology with their name. But when I traveled around the world, I've realized that there, is, there are people called Michel, and people called Michael, and people called Michael, and people called uh, Michaelov. They're all coming from Michael, which is in Hebrew, Michael, right. the archangel, which means the likeness of God. So all of these people, Michel, uh, Mike, Michael, whatever, you spell it differently. So in numerology, there will be completely different people. But if you go to the core, to the DNA of the word, to the etymology of it, you find that Michael means Michael, somebody who is like God, somebody who is uh, in the image of God, in a sense. So all of these people, from Mike to Michel, have to do the same thing. They have to be the likeness of God to the people around them. It's a high, you know, it's, it's a lot of to ask from somebody, but it's something <laughs> that that's what they decided their name is. And it's related to the messenger. It's related to traveling. It relates to, they have wings. It's about moving all the time. So the minute you understand the story of your name, you can really uh, connect much more to not only where you were, where you are, and where you're going to be, but also your challenges, also your um, uh, gifts. They're all embedded in your name. Your name is like a seed that you can kind of unravel in your life. So like Gal, talk about the gifts and the challenges of the name. So for example, I went online and I checked what is the definition of a wave. And it's uh, something on the lines of um, an energy, a disturbance of energy that travels through space and time. And I thought about that's one of the best descriptions for what I do. I travel all the time, all the time. I don't even <laughs> know you know, I don't have get jet lags anymore because they overlap so each much. other. <laughs> so space and time is taken care of. And I am disturbing because I'm not like somebody who in his classes, I know these teachers, I have a lot of colleagues like that. 
you know, they're different than me. I like the fact that they have that uh, camaraderie, everybody hugging, everybody smiling, everybody's feeling good. A lot of time in my classes, people uh, are disturbed by what I say. You know, some of the stories are intense. That's why I always love you so much, because <laughs> I feel like I'm a little bit like that, too. <laughs> it could be, because Tal and Gal are very, very similar. Tal oh, is Jew. Yep. It's the water that comes after the night. You know, a wave is a water that moves through space and time. It's interesting. So it's, it's very, and you're born also in Aries. Mm -hmm. So, of course, uh, your name, I feel, and your chart are very linked. For example, I'm a Pisces rising, and it makes sense that my name is to do with water. But because I'm in Aries, which is energy, no wonder it's not like a calm water or uh, a ripple. It's a wave. So I really think that the best way to look at your name is to understand what the meaning of your name is and then look for it in your rising sign in your chart, if anybody knows the rising sign. Mm -hmm. If not, they're more than welcome Gemini to go to rising. my uh, website, cosmicnavigator.com, and then there's a tab there for free chart. They can get everything. Don't click on the $25 option. I have to put it there from the um, people that I uh, registered that uh, programming with that engine, and it doesn't give you anything, so don't click on the $25. <laughs> but get I love the that free. you're like, do not do the one that you might have to pay. Yeah. Go to this other go one. Go to one too that's free, and then you can see your rising sign. And now it's about association and creative association, like Freud used to talk about. Uh, your name, your, your rising sign is Gemini. Okay, so Gemini is communication. So my job is to communicate. Communicate what? Communicate the water that comes after uh, the night. You mm. know, that covering... Uh, so something feminine, communicate something that relates to the earth. So your job is to bring things that are very up high there to the ground. When? In the darkest That's time. So interesting. In the darkest time. When is the darkest time? Just before dawn. That's when the dew is the strongest, you know, before it evaporates. So your power of connecting people to water, water is emotion, compassion, has to do with darkness. There is an element of dark. You know, even now, the information that you are transferring is dark because they can't see you, right? There's no cameras here? No. Okay, so there's no cameras. So the only way to listen to you is really to close your eyes and mm. listen to your voice. We can't be distracted by your beautiful eyes or your uh, dress that you're Nothing. wearing or, you know what I mean, your makeup or whatever it is because it's, it's information that's dark. And what is dark? Dark is when people are hopeless. Mm. When are people hopeless? When darkness was so long. When is the darkest and longest? Just before dawn. You know what I mean? So if you wait too long with your water, when the, when the sun comes up, the water will evaporate, you're gone. Hmm. You know what I mean? So that's just a little story of how, or, or how you work with your creativity and imagination to find the meaning of your name and how to ground it in the here and now. You know, in, um, I, was, I was asked to write an academic uh, paper, which I've never done. And I decided to choose um, a like. I think what was the title? It was actually published in um, um, in a. If you go actually to my website under blogs, you will find that it's an article about the meaning of names in the Bible, because what's we are very much influenced by the tradition of the Iliad, the mm -hmm. Odyssey, the Bible, and in all of these books, the names of the heroes are extremely important. In the Iliad and the Odyssey, for example, Odysseus is the son of pain. So already, if you're a Greek and you know, oh, it's a story about Odysseus, you know it's going to be. A lot of pain. Yeah. A lot of pain. We're going to fall in love with the character because he's going to have fun, but he is going to have a lot of pain. Even in his victories, they're going to be followed by 10 years of pain. You know? So for the uh, biblical writer, what I found out is that you know, at first in the Bible, the stories were transferred orally. You know, they were not written down. And my theory was, that's what I wrote on the paper, is that I felt that the storytellers, these ancient storytellers that were orally transmitting these long, long stories, needed uh, some kind of an emotional anchor. And the emotional anchor of every character was the name. That's why in the Bible, if you read, there's 80 times where there is a character introduced and immediately the interpretation of the name. Moses, because she drew him out of the water. Okay, stop, stop, stop. You know that this character, right. Moses, will have an issue with water. Right. First of all, they try to kill him in the Nile. That's how the story starts. So yeah. his mother hides him for three months. Then she puts him in the basket yeah. on the water. The daughter of Pharaoh saves him. Then he has to um, run to the desert. And where does he meet his wife? On a well. Water again. Then there, uh, when was his biggest issue with God? A place called Mei Merivah, the, the water of strife. When he hit the rock, instead of asking for the rock, for water. And that's why he eventually couldn't cross to the Holy Land the Jordan River, because that was his punishment, in a sense. Right. Because he didn't ask, he took. 
You know, so all his life, from the beginning of Nile all the way to the Jordan, water's been was an issue. Water. Yeah. <laughs> you take King David. David means the beloved. Not the lover, the beloved. Somebody who basically is loved by everybody but doesn't love anybody in return. And indeed, in the Bible, the word love comes with the context of David the most anywhere, any other character, no other character. But it always says who loves David. It never says David loves somebody else. Like the huh. ultimate guy who doesn't want to say I love you. Even oh God, God falls in love with him. You're describing like my Uncle David to the T. That's so that's crazy. A, but that's the beloved, you know. And that's why I took it that concept from the Bible because I thought, why 50% of the most popular names in 2019, 18, 17, 16, in America, 3,000 years after the Bible was written, I don't know how many thousands of miles away, are from the Bible. Why? And not all of these people are religious. And besides, why is there a religion that's so strong in America that's based on the words in the Bible? Because there is some power in the name. And in that book of, that has so much names, it spread that idea. So what do you think about the... And you guys, obviously, you can hear he is a well of knowledge. You have so much. So it's like you have to come to this workshop because it's going to be nonstop and it's so fascinating. But what do you think about the idea of someone who rejects their name? They Cause reject I've, themselves. Okay, right, because that's what I'm saying. It's so interesting that you're saying you're inherently the one who named yourself. Precisely. But it's the same thing that, you know, I've noticed that people that don't like their name, they don't like themselves. And this is another manifestation of not liking their name. And then they can tell me, I have a partner, but if I ask them, they'll say, well, we don't always like our partners. But it's not like you don't like your partner. You don't like yourself. Right. You don't like your name. And then, you know, when you change your name, you change your story. In the Bible, it's very, very clear. For example, Abraham changed his name from Avram, he was born like that, father is above, to Avraham, which basically means the father of many nations. Before that, he couldn't have children. Then he changed his name. Then suddenly, his wife, Sarah, who was 90 years old, and he is 100 years old, suddenly they have a baby. They changed their name. Everything was about father, because Av in Hebrew is father. So Avram, yeah, the father is in his name, but the father is distance. Ram, Ram means above, above, high, high. Then it changes to Avraham, which basically means the father of many nations. And no wonder the Christians, the Muslims, the Jews. You know, I was just spending three days with um, two Muslim friends of mine in, in, in um, Istanbul, in uh, Palm Spring, but they're from Istanbul. And uh, he, like, he's called Ibrahim, Ibo. And it was, like, it's really interesting because uh, they said, yeah, Abraham is such a Muslim name. I said, what are you talking about, a Muslim name? It's a very Jewish name, you know. It's like there's so many Abraham in, in Israel. There's so many Abraham Jews. There's so many Abrahams um, Muslims. And, of course, Christianity it takes its traces all the way back to Abraham. So Abraham became the father of many nations. In the Kabbalah, they say, but I don't necessarily agree, that <laughs> Abraham sent his children to the east and the Brahmin which sounds like Abraham, are basically his uh, descendant, which is, of course, not, not true. But it's kind of interesting, again, how they decided that all the children of Abraham spread around the world and all the religion came from Abraham. You know? So do you... So if you change your name, you, you can... change your story. You can give yourself a... Not, like. Yeah, but you have to be careful. One of my, one of my uh, classes on uh, the power of your name, I remember there was a person... And we, we went through the names, and I asked her, what is her name? And she said, she gave me some Indian name. And I said, she obviously wasn't from India. And she said, it means the elixir of God. I said, that's nice, but what is your name, your given name? <laughs> and she says, kind of uh, dismayed, uh, Angela. I told her, so you traded being the messenger of God to being his juice. Because you think that some guru in India gave you your name and now you have a spiritual name. I'm sorry, but the name you gave yourself this is an interesting conversation. was far more spiritual than the one that the guru gave you, you know. So what I said is that you have to learn the story of your name. And if you decide that you want to change your name, that's okay. First of all, start changing your name and making all of your friends around you um, call you that way, to see how it feels, to see how it changes. And when it does, then you, may, you have to make some sacrifice. There's always a sacrifice involving a changing of your name. Abraham had to sacrifice his son. Um, for example, Jonathan, Jonathan, in the Bible, Jonathan was the lover slash friend of David. Before Jonathan meets David, in the Bible, he's called Jonathan. After he meets David, they, they get naked, they change their clothes, they make this vow between them, he's called Yehonatan, suddenly the H moved inside his name. So, and of course he dies. 
That was the ultimate sacrifice for him. But the, the change of name demands some kind of a sacrifice. Even if the sacrifice is standing in line in the DMV and all the other <laughs> places in the courthouse to make the change. But if you are serious about changing your name, make sure that you know what you're changing it to and understand how that story fits your life. And you, if you're in a relationship, you know, even if you're not trying to change your name, but it will always be interesting for people in a relationship to find the combined stories. It's like you're two different episodes of the same series. So your name is Tal, and it's about you, and it's about water. What is the name of your partner, and how does that fit your story? And what is the name of your child, and how does that fit huh. the story? So not only to discover your name, but to discover also what is the meaning, the story um, behind people around you. Well, his name is Alec. What is, like, what is Alex is the defender of men. With a C. Is that it the same matter. thing? Okay. That's, so why I, I said, that's what I'm asking. Does it matter? That's why I said that numerology, it will matter, yeah. Because C is not an X. But A-L-E-C is different. It's the same. But Alexander, in Greek, is the defender of men. That's what it means. You know. So his job is to find a job where he can defend men, whatever it means for him to defend. You can be a lawyer. You can be a personal trainer. You can be a doctor. You can be a teacher. But your attitude has to be, I'm here today to defend people. Hmm. How am I going to defend people today? You know what I mean? What did I do today to defend people? What did I do today, if my name is Tal, uh, to give water to people in the dark? You know? So you always have to not only know what your name is, but to step up to your name. The purpose. Yeah. It's so interesting. What I love about this conversation, because we've talked about this a bunch, I'm pointing to Nicole. You know, I, I, I teach Kundalini now, and I've always loved Kundalini. And one of the things in there, and not just Kundalini, but I'll speak about Kundalini because it's from me, is very big on the name change, very big on getting your spiritual name and changing it. And people keep asking me, like, well, what's your spiritual name? Have you gotten it? And I've, I've been very clear from the beginning. I'm like, look, this might change for me one day, but I feel like my name is really spiritual. I've always said that. Without even having this conversation with you, I'm like, I, I don't want a different name. Like, I feel like my name is very spiritual. I don't know why. I just feel like I, I, it's a spiritual name. It's because, A, because you're spiritual. B, because you speak Hebrew. And I know that a lot of people, uh, and that's the reason why I'm doing this workshop, because this workshop can pass in five seconds. Find out what your meaning of the name is. Right. Right. <laughs> right. But people find it hard to connect. But because you speak the language from which your name comes from, it's obvious for you what it means. Right. You right. knew what it means. I knew, right. A lot of people don't know what it means. I don't think your husband knows what Alex means. Maybe he no, Googled it one time, but he forgot because he didn't connect to it emotionally. We never remember things information that we're not connected emotionally to you know that's why the the multiple table is so hard for us to learn in such a big phase because it is not very emotional that five times five is equal to 25 right, that's why we make you it into like songs and stuff precisely because <laughs> yeah. these songs give you more emotional connection but um, sometimes people google it because it's kind of cool and they forget it because they don't connect and you know somebody might say but i'm named after a flower okay that's great where does the flower grow natively what medicine come from these flowers? What disease can this flower overcome? Um, what does this flower need? What kind of um, a, a instinct, insect, or, or bee pollinizes it? And where? You know? So trying to discover more and more about the flower, the season it grows, how to grow it, to grow it yourself, to find the colors, to wear things that color, to become your name. So I think it's, again, not only about discovering what it means, but I think, again, Kabbalah in Hebrew means to accept... When you accept your name and embody your name, the same way that when you embody your sign and stop fighting with your sign, then you become much more successful. It's so interesting. And it's so funny because even though obviously I knew what my name meant and I, I do love my name, I never looked at it from the storytelling perspective of how you said it. And it's funny, but when you describe it that way, I'm like, oh, no wonder I don't want to change it. It is, a, it is very spiritual. Like Anything they give me is going to be a different version of that. And I have the one that I was given. Yeah, for example, I was in uh, Mexico, when was it, 95, 96, maybe 97 also. Yeah, and Yogi Bhajan, you know, came yep. there to Guadalajara. Um, and he did a workshop there. And then, you know, at that time, there were like 20, 30 people. So it wasn't that big in Guadalajara. But anyway, everybody gave their uh, an envelope to him with their name to get their spiritual name. And I gave, at that time, I didn't know what I want to do in life. I was in a rock band. I was in Mexico. I didn't know if I want to <laughs> stay in Mexico. I didn't have any money. I don't know what I'm going to do for my living, blah, blah. So I thought a spiritual name might help me. 
I never got any email back. Oh, no, emails, there was before emails. I never got a letter back. I never got nothing. Many years after, I became a very good friend with Gurumuk. She went to Guadalajara. Gurumuk is a very known teacher yep. for Kundalini Yoga. And she came back and she says, oh, my God. And she's a Pisces, so she can get forgetful. What happened? I was in Guadalajara and they told me, oh, you know, Gal, we have the letter from Yogi Bhajan from 10 years ago with his name. Wow. She says, oh, okay. So apparently she was afraid she's going to lose it. So she asked them to send it, blah, blah, blah. It got lost. She, said, she, told them, she told them to send it to me in my address. It never got. I, <laughs> she was so upset with herself. And I said, listen, I really don't want a name. I have my name. I'm really happy with my name. I'm not going to change it anyway. It's going to be a letter. I'm going to open it. And I'm going to throw it away. So don't it's worry okay. About it. yeah. It's okay. It went to where it needs to be. But I really feel that you have been given your name um, the same way that you were given your body. And of course, you can change a lot. You can start doing yoga. You can start eating more consciously. But of course, you have a range of what you can do with your body. And the biggest thing for us is to accept it because once we accept it, the magic can come. But it's so interesting. Like, I love that you're saying the reason you even were wanted the name in the first place because you were in a period of your life where you had just no clue who you were mm -hmm. and what you were supposed to be doing. So therefore, you're like, oh, it's just it's just really interesting because, again, this whole idea of getting spiritual names or changing your names, especially in the world we live in, is very prevalent. And it is an interesting perspective on it. And yeah, it's and one also, that I think I subconsciously was resonating with and didn't even realize sure. it. For sure. And also, you know, I teach a lot in Hong Kong. I have a lot of clients in China. And a lot of them have to get a name, an English name. Right. Because otherwise nobody can pronounce their right. name <laughs> and it's a big problem. But even the wor workshops that I do there, I tell them, okay, you guys, you decided to call yourself Jennifer for some reason, even though your name is Kuan Yin or whatever. What is Jennifer? No, I chose it because of the sound. Yeah, but you chose it. And you might have echoes and reverberations and memories from past life that that's the name you need. Go find out what that name is. You know, discover because that's your uh, English or a foreign identity in a sense. You know, you have your Chinese name that means something and now you have your English name that means something. And both of them are important. People ask about nicknames. You know, if the nickname is a shortening of their own name, like Mike and Mikael, it's the same, the right. same story. It goes back to the same um, derivative. Let's say a nickname makes you a little bit more whimsical, a little bit more childlike, a little bit more playful aspect of the name. So instead of Michael, it becomes Mike or Mikey. And it gives you a feeling a little bit more puppy-like. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So you're not as like... Serious. Serious. But the meaning of the name comes from the, from the uh, word itself. And that's why I always go back to the actual etymology of the name. It's so interesting because I, can't, I talked to you about naming my daughter, and I know we talked about this a little bit on the last podcast, not even knowing like names were a thing for you, like just because mm -hmm. we were talking about astrology and she was coming, I knew she was coming, and I was just like stressed about the name, because it's funny, it's now that you say this too, even though clearly what you're saying is the name is chosen already, but as a parent, this almost puts even more pressure on the power of the name. Of course, if I chose the right, the chosen name. Right. Have I chosen the chosen name? And like, oh, God, there's a lot that comes into this. But I remember with you, too, being like, oh, my God, I want to name her this. I was trying to name her after my grandmother. And it was a moon name. It's Lavana. And um, you were the one who's like, uh, you can't, unless it's a full moon or a new moon, you're not, it has to be th three days, right? Three mm -hmm. days within a full moon or a new moon or you can't do it. And I'm like, what? Like, what? Like, the pressure. I was like, well... And I just remember being like, and I obviously had no clue, and she was adopted. I was like, this could happen any day. And I remember being like, oh, I got to have like three names in the reserve then because what happened? And then she ended up, it was a new moon. She was mm -hmm. within a new moon. And it's actually, Which is kind know, of amazing because uh, it was always the name. Yeah, because even in the Talmud, Otiot uh, Levana, Otiot Levana, basically um, the letters of the moon, they call it, um, I, they had to be bigger because a lot of the celebration in Judaism is on the new moon. But if you think about before electricity, you go out to pray to the moon and you're reading, it needs to be big letters right. because the new moon has no Can't light. see it, right. So the Levana is associated much more with the new moon rather than the full moon. That's fascinating. Mm -hmm. I had no clue, obviously. And that's so fascinating because I remember we were leaving Phoenix on the full moon because it was like literally in our rear view mirror. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, so names have power. Names have uh, meaning. You know, name have either your potential, but also your downfall. Even if you go to King David, um, his fall was about 
falling in lust. I wouldn't call it falling in love with Bathsheba. And she was married, of course. And that uh, ended up getting, a, he was getting a curse. We're going to talk about it in the class, the whole story of David. Abraham needed to sacrifice his son. And God stopped him in the last minute. And he sacrificed a ram, like the sacrificial ram. The sacrificial lamb is coming from that concept. But if you read the Bible very well, it wasn't a happy ending. Because after that, he never lives in the same city that his son is. And they never talk after that. That's it. Abraham is not seeing his wife after that. He's not seeing his son after that. Oh my God. So he didn't kill him, but he was dead to him. So there's always a sacrifice with a change of name. Hey, guys, I want to talk about a Den Talks Live. We have Shaman Jorik coming back, but this time we have him live, and it is for his book launch. How exciting is that? He's coming out with Spirit Hacking. You're going to want this book, and you're going to want it signed by him, and you're going to want to ask him a ton of questions, and this is the best place to do it. So make sure you go to dentalkspodcast.com, go to Dentalks Live Events, and reserve your space, reserve your ticket. Again, it's October 19th, 7 p.m. at La Brea. See you there. Don't forget about our retreats. We always have so many, and we have a cool one here because this is just a day long, so you can come in and out if you're from far away, come stay with a friend or get a hotel room and come do it for a day, or if you live here, even better. It's going to be at the Den La Brea. It's September 28th with Heather Preet. It's a self-compassion retreat. As you know, she's amazing. She is our senior mindfulness instructor, and she's incredible. So again, a self-compassion retreat, day long, at the Den La Brea from 11 a.m. till 9 p.m. on September 28th. If you're interested, go to denretreats.com. You can also check out some of our other retreats there as well. What if it's like, and I'm gonna, I know the answer pretty much, but like different languages, like for instance, Lavana and Luna, mm-hmm. same name basically is what you would tell me. Same name, same story, same story. which is interesting because the name for me was always Luna and I changed it last minute. But Luna is associated with lunatics. Oh, so maybe it's good I went away. Yeah, because again, <laughs> it's, it's the association of the story. Because think about it. We can tell, we can, we can have uh, a story about a prince that has to kill his uncle and call it Hamlet. Um, or we can have a horror movie about the same story. So the genre of the story can change. So maybe Luna is more comedy because it's dramatic. Levana is a little bit more serious. Because yeah. uh, you're talking about prayer, you're talking about spirituality, you're talking about worshiping the moon, but through words. So it's a very strong intel- a connection between intellect and emotions. So it demands from Levana a high EQ and a high IQ. She has a, she has a very high EQ. I can speak to that right now. Mm-hmm. IQ, I don't know. Because, <laughs> you know, that's, that's again, because of the association to the specific that's aspect so of the moon. That's so fascinating. Because, by the way, mm-hmm. that's how I always describe her. I'm always like, I have no clue what she's going to be like scholastically. Like, there's, there's no signs of like, oh, my God. She's, I go, but EQ, I've said this since she was a baby, has been mm-hmm. insane. She can, like, read people in a room very well. Yeah. So that's... So funny. And I think that you grow into your name. I think that, you know, I've learned that a lot from jiu-jitsu. I remember when I... Uh, I started practicing it late in life. And whenever you start practicing any martial arts or yoga or sports late in life, um, you come to it as a mature person. That's, that's why it becomes a philosophy and you're, you're attached much more to the concept than necessarily right. the little details. So true. So um, when I got my blue belt, I didn't feel like I deserved the blue belt. I felt like maybe my teacher liked me too much and maybe they're too nice <laughs> to me, you know? And I didn't feel like I deserved it, yeah. <laughs> so at first I wanted to hide it, maybe not wear it, but then I thought that's lying and that's not respectful to the people who gave me the belt. And then I got into the concept of, you know what, you're not a blue belt yet, but getting a blue belt opened the door for you to become blue. Mm-hmm. And now, two months ago, I was unlucky or lucky, depends who you ask, to got the purple blue and I completely don't feel like I'm purple. <laughs> but... <laughs> I understand now from my experience is that now my teachers opened the door for you to be purple for me to become purple because I'm not purple. Right. Same thing with my name. You, I got my name Gal when I was a day off, a day old, a day old or before. I don't know. I never asked my mother when they actually decided. But I wasn't a Gal yet. I was a baby that doesn't even not know nothing about the world. I had to grow into my Galness, and I will continue growing until I die. So the same thing uh, with your name, with everything. That, even as a mother, the fact that you're pregnant doesn't make you a mother. The fact that you have a baby doesn't make you a mother. You're going to have now, you open the door now because you have a child, to be a mother or to connect to the goddess or to connect to motherhood. But it's going to be a long journey, you know, with a lot of ups and downs. But that's our relationship to our name. 
Uh, this is amazing. I mean, if you guys aren't convinced yet to come to this workshop, you're insane. I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. Are you the type of person that when you learn anything once or hear anything once, you remember it? If I talk about it. That's if why you talk I talk about, about these things all the time. Yeah. I think that's why my classes are a little bit different because I could teach a class that's similar to what I taught a year ago. And I will probably tell a few stories. But since I've, after that, heard so many things and learned so many things and experienced so many things... The best way, you know, in Kabbalah, there is um, an attribution of letters to signs. And the letter Lamed in Hebrew is associated with Libra, the balancing between giving and receiving. And Lamed in Hebrew means two things, to learn, Lilmod, yeah. and to teach, the Lamed. So Lamed is the same word for teaching and learning. And that's why it's Libra. When you really teach, balance. you're learning. When you're learning, you're really teaching. So if you're a good student, you're not just sitting there passively. You're asking the teacher questions that maybe the teacher never thought about. And then she has to learn in order to teach. Yeah. And the student has to teach in order to learn. That's why when you're doing masters in university, they ask you to go and teach the BA people. What are you teaching them? What you've already learned, but you're rehearsing it. So you're ready for your PhD. So I think that whenever I hear information, that's what I suggest for people all the time, because Kabbalah is all about giving and receiving, giving and receiving. You heard something interesting, repeat it to your wife, to your husband, to your friend, to your boss, to a colleague, even if it's something small. A, it's a piece of information. Information triggers our mind. It makes us happy. And also, when you're expressing it, you're going to remember it. That's so interesting. So it's like, it's so interesting, because it's like a learning device in mm -hmm. some ways. It's like, so when you hear it, Repeat it pretty quickly before you lose it. Precisely. And then it moves from the short-term memory to the long-term memory. And it's associated with the connection. So, I mean, because you have just so much knowledge, like, from so many different areas, which is what makes your teaching so fascinating, because you're not just like, let's talk about name, and it's this. And then, like, it's the mythology, it's the history, it's religion, it's the Bible. I mean, it's everything, which is what makes your mind blow, because you're like, oh, my God, I never would have thought about it from this many angles. It's just... Like in school, when you were in school, were you a good student? Not really. I mean, I think <laughs> that I think I re I discovered knowledge um, early on, but I used to get it directly. I used to have I used to write down uh, histories of different dimensions and different worlds and prophets and kings and queens. I have all of these notebooks that I used to write and hide it in the closet because I was afraid my parents would think I'm crazy. <laughs> and um, then. I think that around grade eight, nine or 10, I've realized that there are certain subjects I really like, like history. Um, the Bible I never liked because they teach it in, his, in Israel at that time. I'm sure now it's worse even. <laughs> they didn't teach it really, really nicely. They taught it really bad. And what, like, what do you mean by the that? The Bible. But like... You know, the Bible was like more like, okay, you have to read chapter five, six. Don't read chapter seven. Don't read chapter oh, eight. Read chapter and nine. And we're like, okay, the least, the better. So if we skip a certain uh, episode... Thank you, teacher. That's great. Not knowing the best stories of uh, Noah's daughter making him drunk and having sex with him... So funny. ...is really interesting. And it's in chapter 7, which we were told to skip. And so, we said yes because we wanted less homework. Of course. So all the best parts of the Bible... We but were when did you taught. go back to those skip chapters? Slowly, I think when I started um, discovering astrology and getting into it when I was like, I think I got into it where, when I was studying psychology. Because while I was studying psychology, I also took um, history, philosophy, and um, a Jewish studies, it was called. Mm -hmm. So it was more studies of uh, um, the Bible, but more in an academical way. So it was detached from the religious aspect that always was not very appealing to me. What's your, like, driving force day-to-day? -day? Like, is there anything that guides you? Like, because you study so many things, whether it's Kabbalah, one, whether oneness. it's... Oneness. Just oneness. Yeah, I know it sounds really corny, but when I say oneness, I mean connections. Like, I'm really fascinated by listening to a lecture about... I don't know, it was a lecture I heard about uh, Babylon and the, oh, Mesopotamia, the beginning of Mesopotamia, you know, the cradle of civilization, where writing was there, it started there, um, taming of the horse, the wheel, um, writing, astrology, charts, boats, you know, everything started there. It was kind of a miracle, like a mutation. And when the teacher was talking about, um, uh, okay, walk with me, he said, thousands of years ago to this place between the two rivers, the Tigris and the Euphrates, and what you'll see is mud, 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 everywhere mud, no mountains, no trees, nothing but mud. This is precisely the last place people should build their first cities, you know. 
And then he was kind of jokingly saying that the, that the rivers were so unpredictable with their ups and downs, their tides and their ebb and flow, that uh, they had to come with systems to discover the future. And he was kind of laughing. So he was saying that's why they were into astrology and stuff like that. And I was like, oh my God, this guy just <laughs> explained the origin of astrology. And he proved it without noticing because if that place was unpredictable and the water go up and down without any connection to cycles and these people discovered astrology to actually help them understand the cycles and not only they invented agriculture, which means that they somehow controlled the river, but also they built the, the first cities on the planet, then astrology works. Right. You just proved it. So I love these kind of moments when you're like listening to one person talks about quantum entanglement and you're realizing that that's probably the explanation of love. When two particles that were created together are bound together forever, it doesn't matter beyond space and time. So the concept of listening to information, reading, listening to music, and connecting, finding connection, finding that oneness everywhere, I think that that's my motivation. I love that. And do you, when you think about the world in this oneness, do you kind of look at it as like a quantum, like metaphysical world? Like I liked how you were talking about love and the two particles. Like, is that kind of what you see? Do you see it from an energetic point of view? Do you see it? No, I think I'm still seeing it. And maybe that's why I'm uh, who I am. I'm seeing it more intellectually still. <clears throat> maybe emotionally sometimes. But um, that oneness is um, it makes you, I can't say that like, you know, there's some gurus or some mystical people who are really elevated. I'm sure the Buddha, when he got enlightened, he could see that oneness. Mm -hmm. He could be that oneness. I'm not feeling that oneness. But when I zoom out and look at the universe and have to describe it, I would say that it's absolutely part of oneness. There is no God in the sense of a Christian or a Jewish or a Muslim God. Everything is connected. Everything is part of that one. It's more a Jungian or um, a Spinoza kind of God. It's a God that, or Buddhist kind of God. It's God that exists everywhere, in the wires, in the zeros and the ones of the computer, in us, around us. Um, I feel that everything is connected. We haven't figured it out completely. Do you, is, that what some, is that part of what attracts you so much to Kabbalah? Mm-hmm. Because I mean, that's a lot of what it is, right? It, it is. But then, uh, like anything, Kabbalah becomes... Kabbalistic, meaning that this is us, this is where we begin, this is where we end, this is our God, this is the name of God, this is this, this is that, this is not this, this is not that. Suddenly there is demons and there is devils and there is this and there is that and they lose me a I, little bit. <laughs> I, no, I'm with you. It's really interesting how, I mean, we talk about this here a lot. It's like one of the reasons this place exists is I try and have it where it's like multi-lineage so people know, mm -hmm. like find your own. It's almost like create your own religion, create what works for you in the sense of just be open. Because I'm with you. Anytime anything becomes too, you dogmatic. have to do this. Dogmatic, yes. You have to do this or you have to eat this way or you have to think this way or you have to behave. Then to me, I'm like, even if that might be better for you or, or maybe that's what you feel and so you actually do it. But I'm always like, unless you're inherently know that that's what's right for you, if you're doing it, you're totally losing the whole point of what they're trying to teach you anyway, which is how to be within yourself and understand the trueness of that. I agree. I think that it's like It's a very everything. tricky like slope. It is, because in one sense they tell you, um, and all of these places tell you that, if it's a yoga center, if it's uh, whatever, you know, whatever class you're taking, they'll tell you, come here, we'll teach you. Yeah. And with, for the teaching, there needs to be a language so you can understand. We're right. not talking in Polish now, we're going to talk in English. It doesn't mean that Polish doesn't exist. It just means that in English, we are hot talking now. And if you want, you can get a translator. So there is certain bounds or certain kind of um, limits to the lesson. Limits of time, limits of what we're talking about. And we're trying to approach the oneness through yoga, let's say, for example. Yoga means to yoke, to put together. Mm -hmm. So this next hour, hour and a half, we're going to yoke ourselves through Kundalini Yoga or Hatha Yoga, whatever yoga, to that oneness. And at the end, we're going to have a shivasana. That's great. So when you come, there's a contract. You're going to be here for, a year, for an hour. You're going to pay this amount of money. And you're going to decide or try the shivasana to connect to that oneness. Maybe your thoughts are going to drift away. And maybe you pull the muscle and you're going to be upset about it. Or maybe you're <laughs> going to be falling asleep. It's okay. But these are the bounds of this place. And what I've noticed about magic, 
which is basically something out of nothing, which all traditions are interested in. Mm-hmm. Uh, magic is also the vehicle for psychologists to heal their patient. You yeah. know, they call it uh, psychoanalysis, they call it behaviorism, whatever it is. It is something out of nothing. It's to create transformation. So for transformation to happen, sometimes we have to bound it by space and time and say, this is what's going to happen now, and that's it. Now, if you come to my house and I host you, there are certain rules. Please leave your shoes outside. Same way that I had to leave my shoes outside here. Mm-hmm. That's a rule. Why are you so dogmatic? What's wrong with my, my shoes are new. I just bought them now. I walked from my car to here. What's the problem? It's not about your shoes. It's about the connection to the, this space, this pl- time. In order to bound it in space and time, in order to magic to happen, you have to leave your shoes out there. Now, you might, again, say that you're anti-dogmatic and you don't want to do it. Or you might say, I understand, this is your vehicle. In the synagogue, for example, you don't have to take your shoes off. But in, in uh, the uh, temple in Punjab, the center of uh, Sikhism, you do have to take your shoes. You know? And I think that that's part of that, the oneness to really understand, unless you're sitting there meditating on your own, but even meditation, you're sitting in a certain space, right. you're closing your eyes, you're slowing your breath. This is dogma. I know it's fascinating. It is always what is the line between like the finite and the infinite. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and you're, it, again, you're trying to create the oneness, but there's still a line at times. Of course. Yeah. It's a, that's, it's just Same thing that you're trying it. to look at the skies. The skies are infinite, but you're going to use a telescope and the telescope is going to show you a very specific slice of the sky. Right. And then you're going to have to really div- dive deep inside and try to identify the planets because you can't grasp the oneness. So these techniques, yoga, meditation, um, any kind of spiritual technique, it does have a limitation as long as everybody is aware of that limitation and accepts it. My problem is always with religions or dogmas that say we are the only oh, one. Uh, Without us, you can't go to heaven. It's or if you do this, you're going to have 72 uh, prostitutes up there in uh, heaven um, having sex with yeah. you. Or maybe they're virgin. I forgot the virgin. The vir- yeah, because <laughs> it's even better. Don't forget. So <laughs> I, I think that that's when we lose it. But I think that overall, if everybody respects the fact that there are certain boundaries and certain sacrifice that you have to do in order to connect to the one, and you can try different things. God, it's, I could listen to you talk all day, seriously. So before we end, is there anything we need to know? I know the fall equinox is coming up. Yeah, the fall equinox is interesting because it's one of the four holy days. You know, in astrology, there's four holy days, the two equinoxes, two solstice, that together create the four seasons, which is why we have life on Earth. I mean, astrology was based on the season. It started, to, it started as a system for agriculture in the area of where Mesopotamia is, um, or Sumeria, to be able to be uh, working the land. So you need to know when to put seeds in the ground. Ah, that's Aries, that's the spring. Mm-hmm. You need to know where to harvest. That's the equinox that's happening now. So the, ta- the fall equinox is an equinox of harvest. It's harvesting karma, harvesting past actions, and harvesting whatever you planted since the 21st of March. So you can go back to late March and see what happened in March, April, what kind of relationships, uh, project you started putting seeds in the ground. So now you're harvesting them. And it's interesting also <laughs> uh, along the world, there's so many places where they celebrated that as a harvest. In UK, in Iran, they have a big celebration. In China, they have a celebration because everybody noticed that this is the day, equinox, equi, equal, nox, night. The day and the night are equal. That's why Libra, the sign of uh, balance, begins on that day. So in LA, it starts at 12.50, I think, in the morning between the 22nd and the 23rd. So in New York, for example, it will be the 23rd. In Europe, it will be more the 22nd. Sorry, it will be the 20... um, No, in New York, it's going to probably be the 23rd, yeah. In Hawaii, it's going to be the 22nd. So you're talking about 22nd to 23rd. It depends where you are in the world, but um, uh, the 22nd of September, for example, is Bilbo's Day. Bilbo uh, Baggins. Baggins? I was going to say. Yeah. Bilbo. Bilbo and Frodo were born on the same day, the 22nd of September. And Tolkien did it on purpose. because This uh, is where my Alec very, would be very excited. <laughs> because it's a very important um, thing that connected them. They're having the same sign, you know. And they're born on the equinox, which is basically 0-0 Libra. It's the most powerful place of Libra because that's right when the days uh, start getting smaller and the night longer. And the night is always about the mystery. Hmm. So now we're entering six months of the mystery, the feminine aspect of the, of the year. 
I mean, I have a gazillion more questions. And it's just, what I love about how you talk about everything and going back to the name or like you're saying even the birthday, it all, again, it is the oneness. It all goes back to purpose. Like none of Mm -hmm. this is by accident. None of it. And like, again, with the reincarnation and our soul's purpose, it is to little details that it just blows your mind. God, we're smart when we're not here. (laughs) It's like, but it's true. I mean, to the little details of what is thought about that creates who we are and Mm -hmm. the layers of who we are and what we need to step into. It's so beautiful. Yeah. And and again, I know that you're going to put it on Instagram. Usually you put it. And if people have questions, they can just uh, ask on the Instagram. Yeah. I'll try to answer. Amazing. You're awesome. You guys, September 21st, get your tickets, go to denmeditation.com because it's going to sell out. It always does. You always do. And I mean, thank you. Thanks a lot. Always so fun. We'll have you back. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Den Talks podcast would not exist without these incredible people, Nicole Rappi, Reem Edon, Hayden Fungheiser, Kim Bielek, and music by Alex Fetter. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't subscribed, please do. And also, wherever you listen, please go and leave us a review. It's so greatly appreciated. It really does help us out. If you want to keep talking about all this stuff, please join our community on our secret Facebook page. Go to Facebook, search Den Talks podcast, and join us there. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.